That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to the best of That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, I want to welcome you. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you for tuning in. No goodbyes, just sneak to the We will be back in 2024 with all new episodes and guests, so stay tuned for an awesome new year full of great content. Now, if you're looking to quit or cut back on your drinking through the holidays or as we approach the new year, We have one of the best 30-day alcohol-free challenges out there, and it's helped hundreds of men all over the country quit drinking alcohol. It's called Quit Drinking Dude, the ultimate men's guide to quit drinking alcohol and stay sober for 30 days or more. And in honor of the holiday season this year, we want to give you 25 bucks off when you sign up today. You get 30 podcasts in 30 days, plus daily exercises and a private men's group to keep you connected and hold you accountable. You can sign up today. And use the promo code 25OFF. you got to spell it out, 25OFF at checkout. And you can do that at thatsoberguide.com. You can also find more information as well as other podcasts, other resources, or you can contact us all once again at thatsoberguide.com. And uh, on behalf of the Raymer family, uh, we want to wish you all a very fun, a very happy, uh, and of course, a very sober-minded holiday season. And we hope that you enjoy the best of that sober guy podcast. I appreciate that. You know, there's nothing worse than being sober and being boring at the same time. So we got to definitely have some fun. And, yeah. Uh, oh, what's, man. what's funny is I, I learned that from you, to be honest, man, because I can remember um, listening to the new man in my, my little Chevy S10 commuting going, what the hell's a podcast? And my buddy, you know, I, I think I've shared, this is, I think your third time on the show, but um, you know, and, and I, I learned like, man, you can talk some serious stuff and you can learn and you can educate yourself and, you know, be an entrepreneur and, and have fun at the same time too. So, you know, you got to do that. Imagine that. I know. Imagine that. So we said they have to, we have to keep those things separate. I, I don't yeah. Life's too short, man. Life's too short. Definitely goes by fast. Uh, who was I talking to? I don't, I don't know who the hell it was now. I guess it's irrelevant anyways, but we were talking about the value of time. Like I can have all the money in the world. I can have every, I could have everything materialistic, but like time is so valuable. And I think about that with my kids, like they're getting older so fast. And uh, so right now, as we're kind of sitting in this moment, this coronavirus, stay at home, all this weird stuff's going on. Uh, we've really taken it as an opportunity just to kind of hang back and spend some family time together and, uh, and take advantage of it. Yeah. I, you know, one of the things that I talk about in my book, actually lead the reader through this this thing, I say, hey, go ahead and look at the ceiling. Go ahead and just just take a minute and, and look at the ceiling, because chances are that's what it's going to look. You're going to be looking at in your last few minutes of your life. So, wow, you know, you're going to be laying on a stretcher somewhere. You're going to be laying on the street somewhere because you got hit by a bus. You're going to be laying you know, <laughs> in your bed somewhere. Like, like, not to be morbid, but it's just yeah. like, go ahead. Like that's that's going to be the view. Yeah. So, are you are you feeling aligned? Yeah. Right? Is your day aligned with that moment that that's coming? You can you can act like it's not coming. Or you yeah. can embrace that it is coming and and enjoy it. You know, yeah. find a find a way to to have more enjoyment in your life today. So, how did Trip die? He was hit by a greyhound. <laughs> <laughs> the I dude could... never learned how to look both ways. <laughs> no, but it's, that's a, that that is a good point too because um, we I, I think like 
in a in American culture, we don't talk about death a lot. It feels like you know we don't talk we don't acknowledge the fact that it, hey we're gonna die one day. You know what I mean? Like it's it's inevitable. We're definitely going to meet that day whenever it is. Hopefully it's not tomorrow. Hopefully it's a long time from now. Um, but I know for me, when I kind of keep that in perspective, it really does help me live in the moment and come at life with a little bit more of a gratitude perspective versus, you know, why me, or this is bullshit or why, 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 why? I mean, do you relate to that at all? Absolutely. It keeps me from dicking around. You know, Mm. it's like, I, I I think we can dick around when we always believe like, Oh, this isn't, I'll always have a chance for X, Y, Z later on. I'll, I'll be able to be grateful and, and, take whatever's you know going to come my way and I'll be able to appreciate it better later on and right now I got to do this is really important what somebody said about this or whatever it's like yeah why are we dicking around like is this really worth the time that I've got I think you know there's a shadow side of that where we live in constant fear but I I think it's yeah. a way to be inspired it's like I don't have time for bullshit <laughs> yeah life's too short like I want to I want to get to the, the good stuff and we're gonna get to the good stuff today I'm not waiting yeah. around so let's, uh, you said fear, let's, let's dive into that a little bit, if that's cool with you, because that is a huge topic right now in, in the recovery communities and a lot of the meetings I'm in, um, even in the corporate world, the podcasts I produce in there, we're, we're talking about, uh, stress, fear, anxiety. Um, dude, you coach a lot of different guys from different backgrounds. Um, well, number one, maybe what are you seeing with regard to fear, anxiety, uh, that's going on right now? And then, um, and then how are you kind of, what are some tools that you recommend or that you use yourself to kind of deal with some of that stuff? Yeah. You know, fear is a constant and there's, there are obviously seasons of fear, right? Seasons, meaning there's things that, that rise up and, you know, we're in, we're in one right now. We've got a, we've got one that we've probably never experienced like this. Right. So, but nonetheless, it, um, fear is a constant in our lives. And so what's our relationship to fear? Um, most of the time we're not in mortal danger. Yeah. We, we're convinced we are. We, it feels like we are. We're always, we, we've, we've adapted to go from thinking that our survival is at stake to really recognizing when we think of what we're, what's really a threat, you know, a threat to us, it's a threat to our, our sense of comfort. Mm-hmm. Oh, am I going to be emotionally uncomfortable? Am I going to be physically uncomfortable, right? Am I going to be able to have my nice house or am I going to have to move into a shitty apartment again? It, um, yeah. That kind of stuff can feel like a real threat to our survival. The second thing is, well, what's a threat to my time or my energy or especially our money right now when, when people are dealing yeah. with layoffs and that kind of thing? That can feel like a threat to our survival. We can think that we're going to die if we, if we take a pay cut. And for a lot of people, it's going to be really hard, but is it really a threat to our survival, right? Like yeah. When we get all that, oh my God, I'm going to die, that feeling. Mm. And then the third one is, what's a threat to our self-image? What are people going to think of me if I fail? What are people going to think of me if, I, if everything goes tits up here and you know I... I face plant on X, Y, Z or whatever. So that stuff doesn't change. You know, those are the three big threats that we're up against when we're not really in a mortal, you know, when we haven't stepped in front of a Greyhound bus, like we're joking about. It's like, like yeah. most of the time, that's the stuff that feels like it's going to kill us yeah. is anything that's a threat to our discomfort, our time or energy or money or our self image. And so when I talk to people and they say, you know, I really want to create X, Y, Z in my life, but I just can't. I'm afraid or it's too scary or this and that. I, we, I, that's what I like to just slow down and say, well, what's really the, the boogeyman? What's really the, the monster under the bed? And most of the time, they're just afraid to be uncomfortable, to risk their time, energy, or money, or to do something that's going to make them look like a moron. Huh. So, so most of the fear, uh, 
or let's say most of the stress. I know for for me and a lot of the a lot of different guys that talk to like anytime I'm experiencing something that I'm angry about or anxiety or whatever, usually at the underlining thing, it's fear. Just like you said, like fear, what do people think if I fail or sometimes, you know, what's weird too. What about fear of like success, like fear of actually doing something and being good at it? You know what I mean? I've had a little bit of that too. Do you, do you ever hear about that coming through? Like with some of the people you work with? For sure. And I think we could tie it back to what happens if I'm actually successful? Oh, well I'm going to be in a place where I'm not comfortable. Like, look what happens. Some yeah. guys will go win the lottery and then they'll blow all that money because they're not actually comfortable yeah. being in a place where they have that kind of responsibility of money or living in a neighborhood that wasn't the shitty neighborhood they were in before. So they blow it so they can come back to what's comfortable and what's familiar. Yeah. Um, same thing is like, well, if I'm successful, my friends won't like me anymore because I'm going to be in a different tax bracket. And what will they think of me? So even it's just change, right? Yeah. Like most of us are just afraid of that change, even if it's quote, positive change. It's just what's different. It's the unknown. And that's where anxiety is. You know, that's the fuel for anxiety is that sense of unknown, that uncertainty and that sense of powerlessness. So what about creating in a time of uh, crisis or whatever? We're in, a, we're in a different time that nobody's really ever seen in our country before where everything's been completely shut down and Things are slowly starting to come around. A lot of different opinions, um, a lot of different, uh, you know, people's feelings and all that kind of stuff involved. Um, but at the same time, I have this thought that in times like these, it's a great opportunity to create something. I mean, how do you encourage people to kind of step out and, you know, maybe it's something they've been wanting to do for a long time. Maybe it's a business. Maybe it's just getting sober. You know what I mean? In this time, regardless of what it is, um, how do you kind of start start that process instead of just talking about it? I think I think on one level we have to recognize, A, being scared is natural. I, I want to paint this picture that somehow we're going to be immune to fear. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a time to just be scared. Be like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. But then we can get stuck there. We can wallow in that. Yeah. And we got to be really careful about what we choose to take in at that point if we're going to just stay in a cycle of being freaked out. Mm. There's an illusion that we're doing something by being informed and staying freaked out. It has us feel alive even though we're scared. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it's exhausting at the same time. And I, I think ultimately at some point we say, you know, I want to take responsibility. If I'm not happy, it's up to me. It's not the government's job. It's not my mayor's job. It's not my wife's job. It's my job. It's my yeah. job to make me happy. So what's going to have me feel more free today? What's going to have me feel more alive today? What's going to have me feel more connected to the people that I love? What's going to give me more peace of mind? And when we start to ask those types of questions, now we're looking for opportunities. Now we're in a creative mindset instead of a defensive mindset. And the world, we start to find, oh, well, that would have me feel more free. Going outside and having this conversation with a friend, that would have me feel more connected, like whatever those things might be. But we're no longer waiting for something to come along and rescue us. We're in the driver's seat. And I, it doesn't take a whole lot, just little tiny things, but they add up a little fuel, a little air, and that spark turns into a big fire. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I got to just thinking as you're finishing up there, I don't know if I've asked you this before, but how did you start the new man? Like, how did that come about? Like, what was going on in life at that time? And like this idea, and then all of a sudden it just, it just builds, you know, to where it is today. Like, how did that all come about for you? Before I was, I, I was doing the new man, I was in like a real dark night 
period for myself. I'd done really well. I'd done yeah. really well for myself. I'd gotten to a place where I was fortunate enough to have a company and I built that up. I built it from scratch. I started a company five months after graduating from art school, basically. I didn't have I didn't have any understanding of what I was doing at all. Yeah. And ten years in, I was like, man, I should be happy. I should, <laughs> this should be fulfilling for me. You know, I started something at 22. I was like, well, is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life? And I felt like an absolute dick for being unsatisfied. And but I, I was just honest with myself. I said, you know, this isn't really what I want to do the rest of my life. And um, so I, I process of I'd gotten really into personal growth, personal development. I knew that I wanted to do something that actually helped people. And I was wading into the waters of coaching mm. and sold my business, sold the house that I had, moved to Boulder. It sounds, it, but that was over the course of a couple of years. But um, I was, I felt really lost. Like, who am I to be a coach? Who am I to do, you know, do something to help other people? And just feeling really uncertain about who I was and where I was going. It was a really anxious time for me. Meanwhile, I was still learning some basic skills to become a coach. And I'd started coaching these guys that ran this company that did these things called podcasts. And I had no idea what a podcast was. <laughs> I had a background in media, but I didn't know what it was. And they were like, you should host this podcast. And I was like, yeah. I will, if I can say whatever the hell I want and <laughs> I don't have to bow down anyway. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. No problem. So Punk rock. <laughs> uh, I started interviewing people and, and unfortunately their, their company didn't you know didn't make it so I inherited the show and you know it, it grew from that place but I, I I for me it was like what are the conversations I wish I could just have with people what are the things I want to learn um, when I'm in touch with people and guys specifically that that are challenged by a b c or d what really matters what really yeah. works for them and I just i I just had my finger on the pulse and, and it was really just coming back to ha being in my own pain and my own uncertainty, my own anxiety and insecurity and just like, what's going to help people and at the same time. Like, why does this have to be a drag? Let's have fun. Yeah. Um, totally. Let's enjoy our lives. And, um, and so, you know, it was little by little piece by piece and I had help along the way too. a lot of people that were involved. So two things on that. And I want to, I want to, point this out to those out there listening, what Tripp just said. Number one, the shit didn't happen overnight. <laughs> there was a lot of time, no. a lot of effort, <laughs> a lot of patience. I'm sure there was some ups and downs. Um, and it doesn't happen with your sobriety overnight either. There's the same shit. You got to put in the work. You got to show up. You have to fight through those ups and downs. You got to hang in there. And then the other thing, if you heard right at the end, Tripp said I had some help. Like we all need some help. Like we all need help along the way. And especially staying sober. That's one of the biggest things, man. You got to have a community around you of people to hang in there, to pick you up when you fall, to be there to support you. Um, so it's it's possible. But how how often, trip do you see people come in or or maybe you just have a thought? I don't know. Either Either one's good. But just we want that immediate gratification. We see somebody who's successful and we think, oh, man, they just woke up one day and freaking God blessed them. And then they had everything. You know what I mean? Like we don't see a lot of the time the background, the struggles that we've been through. And and the word that keeps coming is consistency, like continuing to show up. It's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, I think the word what helps me is the word maturity. Right. Mm. When we're young, we believe in magic. We believe in magic that, that somebody can snap their fingers and sudden, something suddenly works. That's the, those yeah. are the movies that we watch as kids. There's just some magical thing that, you know, now the power is instilled or we're watching the A-team 
and you know within 30 seconds they develop a you know, weapon of mass destruction out of a golf cart and a freaking, you know, yeah. case of beer or whatever it is. Like they just figure it out. Right. And it's like, yeah. it, we just like, Oh, that's how things are done. You don't yeah. fail. You just figure it out. And it's all this magical thing. But as we mature and we, we learn how things actually are created in life, whether you're an artist or you're an entrepreneur or you're a parent, or if you just even enter a relationship, the creative process is messy. It's mm -hmm. uncertain. And I think as we mature, we recognize Hey, nobody's got it figured out. It's everybody is face planning all the time. Everybody's falling down and figuring it out. And I, I think that when we drop this idea that things are magical and it's not going to suck, the learning process isn't going to suck. Um, it just gets a lot easier. Learning how to ride a bike, not so much fun. Riding a bike, really fun. Yeah. Right. Learning how to swim, not real fun. Swimming's really fun. I think that's the maturity. Is like, okay, this is the process of of doing things. So we give ourselves that time to go through the suck. And I found that just when you relax that idea that it's going to be magical and easy, you start to actually have fun. Yeah. It's, the, it's the expectation that it's going to be easy that, that makes it a drag. Yeah. Yeah. So you're kind of learning to embrace the process along the way then too, I guess in that, right? Like instead of just looking for what's on the other side or at the destination, like, well, what happens when you get there? Well, it's over anyway. So it might as well have some fun like along the way while I'm doing it. Like a lot of people yeah, ask I, me like, I, how, how long are you going to do the podcast or what? I'm like, well, as long as I'm having fun doing it, then I'm going to continue to yeah. do it and whatever comes out of it, then cool. When your life sucks, you're always looking for an escape. Mm. How do I get over this? Yep. How do I get through this? How do I get away from this? Right. So we're always running away from something. When you're enjoying stuff, it's like, let's keep this going, right? Yeah. What's, the, what's the hurry? Yeah. So I think that's a key component of coming back to where do I feel free? Where do I feel alive? Where do I feel connected? Where do I feel peace of mind? When you're cultivating those experiences, then you're not trying to run away from whatever has you feeling trapped or drained or isolated or stressed out or bored. Yeah. I know uh, you've had some conversations on the podcast with some, I mean, all types of different people with different backgrounds and um I know you've had some great conversations. Is there, is there one or two or any, any that stand out to you that, um, you know, have made an impact or that maybe you might recommend to somebody who is like, man, I've, I haven't heard the new man before. I'd like to check it out. Um, I know I'm putting Gosh. you on the spot here cause you got a lot of them and I've had that question too. And I'm like, man, that's a lot, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. It always comes up. It's a, it's a little different. Um, it, it always it's always contextual like if somebody's going through a relationship thing i i hear that yeah. the conversations i have with my wife are really helpful yeah for that kind of stuff um you know i got a chance to as a musician even though i've had like all of these kind of big wig authors and stuff on i had the i had the opportunity to have vernon reed on the show he's a guitarist for living color and i just <laughs> i remember just getting his world and how from from a young age it seemed that he was given permission to be ultra creative and to explore ideas and that kind of thing and i remember thinking like, wow, what would have been like to have been raised in that environment and to, and to have that kind of support to, to go for those, those ideas and dreams. That, that, that yeah. one really affected me. I remember after I had that conversation, just walking down the, I went for a walk. I was just like, my brain and shifted, you know, over 45 <laughs> yeah. degrees. It was just like, wow, what was yeah. that like? So, and then, you know, there's guys that have done crazy things, you know, whether it's been Navy SEALs or, big wave surfers or, yeah. you know, you name it. And, and, and just being at, being able to get a glimpse into their world and just recognizing that there's so many different realities within the one that we all occupy here. And it's, yeah. it's such a gift to be able to get out of mind 
from time to time and see into those worlds. Yeah. Um, oh shit. I totally just, uh, lost my train of thought. I had a, uh, a thought and I thought it was so brilliant. It was going to be, it was, was going to be, what the it hell was, was it now? Amazing. Oh no, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't about a guest. Um, anyways, I don't know. Maybe it'll come back to me, but, um, yeah, the, the, uh, the different, Oh, I know what it was. It was, you, you mentioned like the creativeness, right. And, and being able to have that as a, as a child, like you're, you're encouraged to be creative. And it's funny because my, my buddy Tim and I, we took a ride uh, a couple of days ago on the old bikes, right? And we there's some hills back behind here, and there's a couple little doubles back there, right? So I'm on the mountain bike, dude, just smashing down the hill, and I'm like, I'm gonna just go for it, man. I hit the double, and I'm like, yeah, you know, we're kind of shredding, and we're talking afterwards, and it just it, it this occurs to me occasionally, but how when we get to be adults and when we have kids and responsibilities and jobs or we're entrepreneurs or you know whatever it is a lot of the time we lose like that childhood spirit and it just go, it, 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 well, well, I'm too old for that or, oh no, I don't want to get hurt or, and obviously we want to be safe or whatever. But at the same time, once that spirit's gone, man, like life can get real miserable really fast. And so I always try (laughs) to keep that in mind. Like I can still be youthful and creative and be a kid and I can still have fun, man. Like that's when I feel like I'm thriving the most. And do you talk to a lot of guys or do you see a lot of guys when they're in that spirit that their lives just seem to really um, make a lot of sense for them maybe, or they're, they get, they find a lot more peace and joy. Yeah. I think aliveness is key to that. You know, for most of us, as we grow older, we get really fixated on family. Okay. So yeah. there's the love and we've got a lot of stability and that's really important, but that can usually run counter to what has us feel alive. Aliveness comes when we're pushing ourselves and we're at the edge of our capabilities or we're inviting a little bit of danger and uncertainty in our lives. So that's, yeah. that's not something we would welcome into a place where we're trying to cultivate a nice, safe home life. Um, and then, you know, there's also just the loss of testosterone that happens when you get older. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, the, but, but, but the point being is that it takes effort. It takes effort to cultivate aliveness it yeah. takes it t- effort just even mental effort to be like yeah what would have me feel alive today and then to recognize you know what that might be a little uncomfortable shit i don't want to be uncomfortable i don't want to make an effort i just want to sit on my ass and, and flip through my phone yeah so i think that's really the 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 part where we start is just recognize it's going to take effort so quit waiting for something to come along yeah and then and start to just build that fire a little bit. It's like, yeah, I'm going to, I want to experiment. I'm going to create some experiments. Let's see what has me feel more alive. And I think a lot of guys make the mistake of thinking I got to go do what I did when I was 22. No, no, you don't. Whatever had you feel alive then probably isn't necessarily going to work for you when you're in your forties now. So it's like, just come back to what would have you feel alive today instead of trying to play this midlife crisis thing and trying to be who you were in your twenties, but just come back and say, yeah, what would have me feel alive today? A lot of times you just spend more time with brothers, like just having more brotherhood, getting outside yeah. and playing a bit. Um, for most guys, they don't give themselves permission to do something unless it, it directly impacts their income, their job, or their family. Yeah. And so they've cut themselves off from that that vitality. Mm. And then they get resentful. They get pissy. Do you think that's a good idea to find something you did as a kid? Let's say, I don't know, you played hockey or something as a kid or you I, think whatever it is, right? Maybe you 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 didn't 
you stop doing that at some point, you know what I mean? Along the way, do you think that there's some sort of connection that can be picked up when you pick that up again as like a grown man? And obviously it's not the same as when you were a kid, but you still get that spirit, like kid feeling where you like, wow, this is great. Yeah. I, I think it's a great place to start. I like to help guys recognize that you've got that little guy in, inside of you still. He's not yeah. gone. Most of the time he's been banished to the basement, right? So yeah. he's not welcome. Um, so- so it's like, okay, what would we do to just cultivate an awareness of him and what would have him feel more alive? If you're not feeling more alive, it's because that little kid in you has been banished. Yeah. He's not allowed to be around. He's the part of you that has you feel alive. And you've gotten so into your adult world that you've killed that you've cut off access to him. So it's like, hey, you got to cultivate that little kid and say, hey, you know what? It's my job as an adult to protect him. Mm. So what if we let that kid have more say in what we did. And as an adult, I protect him though. I, I, I don't let my kid run my relationship. I don't let my kid run my business, but I can listen to him and be like, yeah, where does my curiosity go? That mountain bike does look kind of cool. That hockey game does look pretty cool. I yeah. notice my attention keeps going over there. Hmm. All right. Well, what would be a, what would be a small experiment? I, you know what? I'll go do a pickup game, you know, or yeah. I'll, I'll just get, get my skates back on and skate around. It's like, just like I said, a little fire it just needs a little bit of air and some, and some fuel and and yeah. you start to build it from there. Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. That's good. Um, we've done some of those exercises, Jess and I. Um, I know one of them was called Sozo, and there's another one that she did where you you actually jump back in a meditative state, and you see yourself as a child, and you forgive yourself as a child, and you you go, and it's it's actually it's really powerful, but it was really hard too at the same time, and it's a uh, it's uh, it's it works though, you know what I mean, and you start to accept that that kid that's in there. And then just like you said, you realize that, man, maybe I've kind of pushed, I pushed this part of me down back down to the basement and it's not that, but at the same time, it's a huge part of who I am. So once I can tap into that a little bit, it's like, man, I actually feel like I know myself a little bit more now. Then you start to grow on that, you know, a lot more. Think of it like you're driving a car, right? And the kids, he's in the car, right? So is he, is he duct taped and you know, in the trunk? (laughs) Or is he in the back and he's yeah. and he's allowed to speak up like, hey, dad, let's stop off over here. There's a giant dinosaur outside. I want to see that thing. It's just like, yeah. are you able to listen to that? Does it mean you give the kid the wheel? No, you don't give the kid the wheel. Yeah. But you don't let fear drive your life to the point where you don't listen to that part of you that's inspired and is curious about life. When we cut off that inspiration and that curiosity and it's like, yeah, why bother? Like everything's yeah. just going to be a drain from that point. Yeah, that's good. So um, let's jump into the book a little bit, man. This book will make you dangerous. Um, how did that come about? Uh, how I know you've been working on it for a while, um, and it just it just launched recently. Um, what? How how will it make dudes d- dangerous? <laughs> well, what does it mean to be dangerous? Essentially, it's like what we've been talking about is that danger for most people these days is oh, I might feel a little uncomfortable. Oh, I might risk my time, energy, or money. Oh, somebody might criticize me or think I look foolish. So. If you want to have a life where you're feeling more alive, you're feeling inspired, then it's like, how do you bust out of that cookie cutter mold and do things on your own terms? How do you carve out, create your own opportunities and define what success means for yourself? It doesn't always have to mean more, bigger, better. It's like, what's going to have you feel more whole and, and excited about your life? And that means you're not going to do things like everybody else. You're going to plow your own path. You're going to forge your own way through things. And that's going to seem dangerous. It's going to seem dangerous to that part of you that is committed to being comfortable and safe and accepted. And so we start with that. And I, I see those things as the thing, as what really holds us back in our yeah. lifetime. 
So if we, so let's take an example of, there's a lot of guys I know out there who do construction for a living, right? So let's take the guy who, man, works some long ass days, got a family, um, you know, maybe he used to, maybe he used to play in a band or something, or he did, uh, he played a sport or something back in the day. And that's kind of long gone now working his ass off, um, trying to make a living doing that, but still has this part of him that wants to create. Maybe he doesn't want to do construction the rest of his life. Maybe he wants to start a business. Maybe he wants to do like, where does a guy like that actually start? Like who they're tired too. I mean, I, I get it. You, your long, long day, you come home. I mean, how, how I, I'm sure you've worked with some, some dudes like that. Um, what are your thoughts mm -hmm. on that? I think it comes back to just learning how to listen, right? Where's that, where's that little sensitive? Is there a little radar inside of us that says, you know, there's a, I've got a spark of curiosity about this. It might be that idea of having your own business. It might be the idea of shit, just doing something simple, coaching little league or whatever yeah. that thing is. Cause as we get older, it's, it's less about us. We find more meaning and impact when we're doing something to help others. That's where we find yeah. more of the satisfaction. Yeah. So there's a conversation to be had there of just learning to experiment and saying, you know what, what, what feeds my fire? What has me feel stronger? And then learning to put that first instead of I'll do it whenever everything else is taken care of. I'll do it whenever I'm in the mood. I'll do it whenever I'm inspired. That's where it says it's, it takes some effort in there and recognizing that in order yeah. to build that strength, in order to build that fire, we don't wait until we're in the mood. But it doesn't have to be a huge Herculean effort. It's just a little bit at a time. All right, yeah. I'm curious about this. I'm going to commit to making a phone call and having a conversation about, with, about this guy, about his business. And I'm going to learn about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm curious about what it takes to coach. I'm going to make a phone call this week. And, and I'm just going to start that conversation. We're talking spends more time on the toilet. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't, it's not that much effort, Yeah. but it will be uncomfortable. It'll yeah. be outside of his comfort zone. It's going to feel a little awkward. Might feel a little dangerous to put himself out there, but that's where I would start. But the thing is, is when you start doing those little tiny steps, you get energized. Yeah. There's a part of you that's like, shit, I'm actually doing something. I'm engaged in this thing. And we get a little fire from that and yeah. you can build, you get a little traction and you get a little momentum and then you, you become unstoppable. Yeah, that's good because the the uncomfort, I think that's what stops a lot of people. I know it stopped me for a long time. I was very comfortable in what I did and to step out and get uncomfortable, whether it's fear of rejection or failure, I'm not good enough. Um, that always had stopped me from doing that. And I think that's what that fear, when you can use it in a positive way of stepping out, getting uncomfortable, and then you actually do it. Is that kind of what you're talking about? That little spark almost that's just like, oh man, damn, I'm actually doing this shit. Okay, well, let's see what happens. You know, let me try this little part of it. And then it's like this little breadcrumb trail. And before you know it, you're, you're, you're kind of out of the monotony. And I want to say too, really fast, I didn't, when I'm talking about the guy who does construction, man, just so much respect for the hard work and the day-to-day -day grind. Like I get it. I've done it. And I, I, I didn't mean to say, Oh, you needed to be doing something different, but I know the monotony of that day. Like I used to sand ceilings for freaking eight hours a day doing drywall. And it's just like, sometimes it's so overwhelming. You're like, God, like there's gotta be more to this. You know, that's all I was kind of trying to get at. I don't think it's any different from the guys that I talked to that are, that are pulling down 60 hour weeks in a, in a yeah. suit and tie like it it's take the action out of it and the activity out of it and it's more of what's the state of mind you get yeah. into that state of mind and whether you're pounding nails or you're banging on a keyboard and sitting in meetings or whatever it's 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 coming back to what we started this conversation is like is this the life i want to lead mm. 
most of the time when we get into that place, we recognize we're out of alignment with that. We immediately believe that we have to blow it up. I have to do a 180. I've got to destroy everything. And that's not true. That belief that we have to blow it up and that we have to completely disintegrate everything that that keeps us safe and comfortable or, or in our familiar territory is one of the reasons why we will stay stuck there is because we don't see another option. So what I want to propose, and I'm throwing out there, is just like find those little tiny things, those little experiments that you can start with and just feed over time. And it doesn't take a lot, but you'll start to build some momentum. You'll build some connections. You'll build some conversations. You'll start to have some brotherhood, some people coming around to support you in this stuff. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it just takes some consistency and some effort. And you can either sit on your ass and bitch about it, or you can be doing a little bit every week and build that momentum and you start to realize, hey, you know what? I'm feeling more peace of mind now because I know I'm not just dicking around. I'm, I'm actually doing something about this. Yeah. And we don't have to wait until we've built that company or quit the job to have that peace of mind. It just feels good knowing that we're already engaged in it. Yeah, so that that's kind of back to what we were saying earlier about the patience and putting in the work, right? And just expecting or just doing it a little bit at a time, not thinking this grand, it's okay to have a vision, a dream, a grandiose idea. But if you're going to have that with that, you kind of have to understand that you're going to have to pick, just chip away at it and just start small, right? Just start simple. Yeah. And that's why I come back to what actually has you feel alive now. Cause most of the time we think it's of it in terms of deprivation. Oh, I got to hold my breath for 30 minutes, right? It's going to be a drag. It's going to be terrible. Well, what if there was a way we could find something that's, that you're enjoying as you do it, as you yeah. go, and that way you're not fixated on finding this finish line? Yeah. Um, and there'll be times in there where it sucks and it's uncertain and it's uncomfortable, but far more often when we're just doing the things that we enjoy doing, even if it takes a little effort, we gain energy from it instead of lose it. Yeah. So if, uh, if for guys out there listening, they want to check out the book. Like what, what is the book going to show them? Like what are some of the things that they're going to learn in the book and um, why should they read it? For anybody that's interested in, in they they recognize that they're, they're kind of stuck in this mold that they're, they're, they're meant to live for something bigger than what they're currently doing. I want to give them the really simple, basic steps that a will shift their mindset so they can start to find opportunities and B give them some things that they can, some actions they can start to do today. This is all built upon 15, almost 20 years of being a personal growth and also coaching people. This is what I use with other people. If it doesn't help people, I didn't put it in there. Mm. So A, it's got to be fun. It's got to energize you. I've tried to pack that all into the book and help them align with something so that when they think about their lives as a whole, hey, here's what's going to have me feel more aligned and, and satisfied that I'm doing something with the life that I've been given. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, good stuff. I can't wait to get a copy of it myself and check it out. Um, one other, uh, so I, this is partly of what I forgot earlier. You did an interview with Laird Hamilton at one point, right? Did you have Laird on the show? Yeah. 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 How, how was that, dude? I just gotta, that dude is like, what did you learn from that? I've seen some videos and I listened to that podcast and I was like, holy shit, man. Like he's just a, his, uh, I don't know his, it's his outlook. It's he partly he lives in Hawaii and surfs all day. I mean, I get that too. That's pretty amazing. But how was that interview? You know what I, what I picked up from Laird was, and I think, I, I think if you go back and listen to that, that conversation, I got that he was a dude. Yeah. Um, that, that, and in some ways he's superhuman, mm. but in other ways he was just really a guy. He talked about his struggles with alcohol. He talked about yeah. how he had some dark times. In, in his life 
and and he was coping with things and, and like how do you how do you go be this big wave surfer and then also come home and got to deal with kids yeah you know this this, this the, the mundane kind of family life thing so i i took i took away from that that in some ways especially like how we face the world we can be put on a pedestal and people can see us as superhuman but then it's we got to recognize that now these people they wipe their ass and put on their pants just like the rest of us. And, and they've yeah. got their challenges and problems. Yeah. I didn't walk away from that interview thinking that he'd somehow escaped what the rest of us are, are challenged with. He's just got his own challenges too. And I, and I felt not that I want him to suffer, but I just was like, I felt, I felt bigger myself instead of him being smaller. Uh, I felt yeah. like, Oh, we're all in this together and we all have our challenges. And, and the dude just also arrives 80 foot waves. You know? dude, so it's like, so insane. <laughs> yeah. Some of those videos, man, are just incredible. And he's getting towed in on the jet ski in the back. Gosh, man. Yeah, that's good, though. That's, that is good. Because I think that a lot of us, we, I, there's a lot of idolization in our culture with celebrities and athletes. And um, I just did a podcast before this one today, and we talked a little bit about that. And especially with all this stuff going on right now with the coronavirus. And, like, it's it really just it shows that all that, like, the fame, like, all that stuff, it's 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 kind of irrelevant. It's kind of stupid to be honest. Like we're all human and we're all in this together to some extent. And yeah, someone, they got an awesome job. They ride phenomenal waves or they, they hit a ball for, you know, or they, they act or they play a guitar, like a mad respect to that too, but they have their stuff that they go through too. And there's, there's some sort of no, like there's a normalcy thing. I think that when, when we can kind of look at it like that and, and stop with like the worship and the idolization, um, it helps to just rest a little bit. I think just be at peace yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. One of my coaches, Phil Stutz calls this exoneration. There's a belief that once we achieve a certain level of success, whatever that might mean, yeah, right. It could be money. It could be, you know, sports accolades, whatever that thing is, right? We've created yeah. some summit on top of this mountain. And, and there's this belief, and we've all bought into it that, well, if I was just there, then I wouldn't have to suffer anymore. Mm. There wouldn't be any more uncertainty. There wouldn't yeah. be any more pain. There wouldn't, I wouldn't have to make any more effort. I'd be set. And yeah. we buy into this a lot. And so when we see people, we automatically imagine, oh, that guy's figured it out. He's set. Well, he may have his money dialed in, but he's probably got some other challenges too. He's just, he just graduated to another level of challenge. And that can be a real bummer for folks that really think they're going to find this finish line yeah. in our lifetime. But I, I think it's actually encouraging to be like, you know what, this is just the game. So I might as well get good at playing the game at whatever level I'm at. Mm -hmm. And I can get better at dealing with the challenges I'm here, but I can drop this expectation that just because I'm feeling uncertainty or I'm having to make an effort or I'm feeling scared or pain from time to time, means I'm doing it wrong. That's yeah. life. That's just yeah. life. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It just means that shit's going to come up yeah. uh, from time to time. So you can get better at things. You can get cleaner at things, but they're, they're, those are just going to be a constant in your life. And, and so we can develop tools to get better at that stuff. But having them in your life doesn't mean that you're a fuck up. Yeah, that's good. How do you, uh, how do you recommend celebrating your wins? Like, like all, all too often, like I can look at the 10 shitty things I did, but like the one awesome thing, 
you know, that's like way more awesome than the 10 shitty things. I'll probably focus <laughs> on the 10 things like, oh man, well you screwed that up. Like, I just think it's so important, especially in, in, in recovery too. Like I just had, um, a friend who listens to the show, Joe, she celebrated 18 months today. And so she, I, I see her often on there, um, you know, and she'll post like for six months, you know, she celebrates that shit and she's proud of it. And it, I think it does a lot to help people keep going when they can look at those wins and celebrate them. Do you encourage people to do that or what are your thoughts on that oh, oh yeah absolutely i think it's an, i i think it's a really big deal that we shift the story we tell about ourselves because most of the time the story we tell about ourselves is what's inadequate what's missing yeah. what's not what's not there yet and while we may be focused on what we want to improve um what's also true about the story is that we slay dragons <laughs> we kick ass yeah. we get shit done we set out to do things and we overcome those challenges. So um, it's not to puff ourselves up. It's just to tell the truth because most of the time we're looking at ourselves in some kind of circus funhouse mirror. It's, it's a huge distortion of reality. So when challenges come our way, we can collapse and be like, oh no, what does this mean? And poor me, blah, blah. Or we can just be like, all right, I'm, I'll figure this out because yeah. I always have, right? That's a part of the story. And it's, it's not some Hollywood bullshit thing. It's just coming back and recognizing, hey, it's been 18 months or I said I was going to do X, Y, Z and I did X, Y, Z. We want to build that part of us that's just true. Yeah. That I'm a guy or I'm a gal that gets things done. Even on the most minute level, build that up and just have that be there because that voice of the inner critic and our in inadequacy will always be there. But you might as well just have the truth in there as well, which is, <sighs> hey, I get shit done. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like allowing, you have to allow yourself to celebrate, you know what I mean? Like, I give you permission, Shane, to be happy, like, some days, you know what I mean? Which is which is really weird to think about, but I do have to remind myself of that. Some days, like, hey, it's okay to, like, celebrate since you, you did something good. Like, you can be humble and still, like, you know, enjoy and, and, and be proud, you know, and speak it out loud. I just think it's so, so important. Um, yeah. Yeah, man, I just, uh, well... Number one, I appreciate you guys. For those out there listening, um, you know, check out the New Man podcast. Check out the new book. Uh, this book will make you dangerous. I'll put all the links in the show notes. I just want to thank you, and I just want you know, I know I've said this before, but you were just such a, a a big part of sober guy starting, and not just that, but just like my own early days of recovery, like driving. Like I was, I think I was commuting a total of about five to six hours a day in my little Chevy S 10 with a stick shift on, you know, in a ton of traffic and no air conditioning, like in the middle of like August or whatever, you know, and, and it was not the funnest thing. And I, and I was feeling like that kind of a lot, what we've talked about today, just like loss and like, man, there's gotta be more to this shit. And my buddy told me, well, check out the new man podcast. So what the hell is a podcast, you know, and then ended up listening. And, um, you know, that was like my first introduction to a podcast and it just, it, it, it literally changed my life, man. Like, I just want to tell you, thank you for that. And from, from you doing that, you know, um, it's went on to be able to start this platform and help keep me sober and help a lot of other people stay sober out there and work recovery programs, man. So I just, I want to thank you, man. I, I don't want to stroke your balls too much, man. I know we're probably in our sweatpants here because we're working from home. So it might be a little uncomfortable, but dude, I, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. I, I That's wonderful to hear. You know, I, I, I kind of get in my own little cave here. So it's, <laughs> to hear that that it impacts other people it, it's it's great it's yeah. wonderful it's it's it, i hear it's like oh the podcast is cool but to 
what's inspiring and what makes me want to keep going is when I hear how guys like you are saying, Hey, you know what? I've got something to give. I've yeah. got something to put out there. And, and then man, you just blaze the trail. So I, I, for me, that's far more inspiring. It's like what I ultimately want. To, that's why I'm a coach is like, yeah. I want to create leaders. Like I want those guys to go out there, men and women to go out there and make this kind of change out in the world. So yeah, hell yes. I hope that your story is impacting somebody that's, that's listening right now. Yeah. Thanks man. Um, so last question for you. And then I just want to let people know where they can find you, how they can reach out for, if they're interested in coaching or the book or the podcast, whatever. But if you were going to just give a little piece of encouragement, advice to anyone out there listening, maybe they're, you know, they're either they're struggling with, um, some, some, uh, drinking issues or maybe they're just struggling with life man they're just looking for a little bit something more like what what would you say to those people you know what's come up in this in this conversation today is that um we have to give ourselves permission it's okay to be happy mm, and i, I you think that we wouldn't have to say that but i i think that the there's the culture doesn't want to be happy there's 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 we don't have permission to that it's okay to be happy it's like well there's so much to be pissed off about there's so much to be scared of um, but when we choose that, you know what, I can, there, this can be true in the world that there's, there's a lot of injustice or there's a lot of unfortunate stuff happen, but I can also choose to be happy. It doesn't mean I'm going to put my head in the sand, but I am going to align my life with what has me feel strong and what has me, has my heart open so that I can impact other people in this way. I think that that's a, that's a huge step towards, well, then I can get sober. Well, then I can build the business I want to build. Well, then I can be the parent I want to be. Uh, but if we're stuck in that place of I got to be miserable and I don't deserve this happiness, then we'll just stay stuck in that shit bill. Yeah. No fun there. You don't want to be in there. That sucks. <laughs> and you don't have to be. You're better than that. Damn it. Uh, it's man, too short. It's, it is. It's way too short, man. The time flies <laughs> by. Got to make the best yeah. of it. Uh, well, man, I, I appreciate you. Thank you for taking some time to come on today again. Where can folks reach out to you at if they're interested in the book or coaching or the podcast? I'd say the easiest thing is just to go find the book uh, at dangerousbookstore.com. Again, the book's called um, This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Um, yeah, and then the New Man Podcast, anywhere where folks get their podcasts. And then if they want to learn more about me personally, you can go to triplinear.com. Awesome. I'll put all those links in the show notes. Uh, Trip, once again, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. Hope to talk to you again soon. Okay, brother. Thank you so much, Shane. All right. Be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. Uh, you can connect with us on Instagram, at RealThatSoberGuy, on Twitter, at Shane Raymer. Uh, shout out to Promises. Thanks, guys, for the support and the awesome resources. Uh, if you need a meeting, one more time, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, daily, zoomaameetings.com. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in today. Peace, love, and respect, and keep your blood clean.